0: As the circus rolls into Brands Hatch, we have five contenders going for the British Touring Car title, but who is going to come out on top? Hello and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. Um, We are back in some sort of context. We are socially distanced this time around due to the UK being back into lockdown. Thanks Boris. Um, But we still have racing going ahead at Brands Hatch this weekend. And we will get to crown a British Touring Car Champion once again. Russ, welcome.
1: Hello, apologies in advance for the tunnel that I'm obviously in. As you say, we are recording distance from each other, which is always a challenge and always fun.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, We have several news stories heading into this weekend. Um, The BTC Circus, although has been off for two weeks, have still been doing business behind doors. Um, We'll start with the unfortunate news that Bobby Thompson this weekend will not be joining the grid, which puts pay to his Jack Sears challenge. Um, Unfortunately, he's still suffering the ill effects of his concussion we believe from that massive roll that he had at Croft. Uh, it was a mega accident wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a shame and a surprise on multiple levels really because on the face of it you'd say Butcher's crash was worse at Silverstone yeah, he was able to get back pretty much the week later and you know he was up and training again on the Monday from what he said from his uh, interview after the after the fact. Um whereas Bobby's was violent but it looked it looks be- quote better than uh, Butcher's. Yeah, he's had to have a more long-term effect. But then you think back to uh, Rob Collard at Silverstone a couple of years ago. It took him a long, long time to shake that injury um, and that trauma. Hopefully, it's not the same for Bobby. But one thing is for certain, he won't be here this weekend, which is a real shame because he was, you know, absolutely leading the uh, Jack Sears. And after that, that's the weekend of Croft. Um, obviously, that's now not going to be him. It's going to be probably. Creese or
0: Bordley, Creese or Bordley, yes, those look like the two most likely to um, take that title. Um, Bobby T, obviously, unfortunately, won't be on the grid, but we have a new driver on the grid this weekend as well. Obviously, PMR have been running some guest drivers throughout the year. We've seen uh, a few different faces, and we're seeing another different one this weekend. Um, Phil Pot will be coming in and racing the car. And he has been testing for them earlier in the season. Uh, and he man- managed to impress them well enough to uh, grab himself a drive at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, slight surprise. Um, many people felt it was going to be either Jackson or Plato who were going to come and do the last hurrah ready for next season. Set themselves up uh, for a two-car return next year. Um, but it isn't. It's Brad Philpott, uh, the 34-year-old man from Bedfordshire. Uh, he sort of earned his name in front wheel drive racing in Europe where he's competed for Peugeot around the Nürburgring. A uh, career highlight for him back-to-back championship titles in the Peugeot 308 Touring Car in 2008 2009. Uh, he started off in 2013 where he entered Peugeot's talent search for international drivers. Uh, that was the pilot of the all-new 208 in the Nürburgring 24 hours. Uh, he beat off numerous high-profile drivers to get that position. Uh, and then the Peugeot team secured a podium lockout in the race, so pretty good debut for him. Uh, Then in 2015, he won the RSE Factor competition, uh, secured him a wildcard entry for the Race of Champions, which was held at the London Olympic Stadium, uh, where he competed alongside the likes of Vettel and Jensen Button, so he's rubbed shoulders to the elite. Uh, Finally, another thing on his resume is he won the Silverstone 24 hours in 2016. So, for my money... Rob Austin aside, he is perhaps the most experienced driver
0: to get a go in the PMR car. Yeah, that's that's not a bad CV to come off the back of, is it? Um, it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to um, to that Astra. Obviously, racing in touring cars, as Mark Blundell found out last year, is a, a completely different beast to racing on the continent and in other series. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts and whether we'll see him possibly score points this weekend if he's lucky.
1: Yeah, that's got to be the aim. I mean, if you can do the Nürburgring, Brands Indies are breeze. I mean, there's only got six corners. Yeah. So, if you can do more than 900 corners around the Nordschleife, then you're probably okay at Brands Hatch. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think he has got um best CV of any racer that's come in other than Austin, who's obviously competed and won the touring cast before. Um, I think at
0: least one points finish has to be the the aim this weekend for him. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for him. And hopefully... Um, this will be well, not hopefully. We, we've enjoyed seeing these younger drivers and these more unknown drivers come in and race for PMR, but hopefully they will be back as a fully fledged team next next season, um, and we can see them possibly challenge towards the title.
1: I think that if they were here this season, that one of Plato or Jackson would be there or thereabouts in the title hunt because that car was just coming to its own at uh, the end of last year. We've seen this year in glimpses, what Rob Austin did of it, it's clearly got pace. Yeah. It's clearly, you know, it's, it's good enough to compete. But, it's just a question of, that now affects we lost a year's testing because mm-hmm. it's difficult to gain too much information from guest drives that are, with respect, down the back of the field finding their feet. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. in the meantime, obviously, Infiniti have put together a whole season of, of winning races. BMW have only, you know, improved on what they had. Same with Honda. So, it'll be interesting the next year. I think PMR are going to have a bit of catching ups too. But, if they keep the line of Plato and Jackson, that's two pretty decent drivers to catch up.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, that, that car will obviously hopefully be coming back next year. Um, and there will be a few different cars on the grid, won't there? Um, so, there has been announcements rife this week that obviously earlier in the season we heard that the uh, Team Hard guys would be changing out their Volkswagen CC's that have been here since 2012 2011 yep. um, and they'll be running their Seat Leon Cupras uh, which look fantastic in the mock ups that we saw from them they they looked outrageous really
1: well even the shots from the garage which they've been sharing the last couple of weeks they look mean, mean machines yeah. um, no drivers confirmed for them next year as of yet um, you'd imagine Jack Goff gets a seat but that's not been confirmed. Be interested to see who they retain alongside him. Whether they'll stick to the hard, uh, mo- uh, the, you know, the hard spirit, bring through drivers, or if they'll go. We need to get off to a good
0: start and bringing more uh, renowned, you know, renowned names. We we'll have to see on that one. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see in which direction they go. Um, that's not the only new car that will be on the grid next season. We also have. A, a mystery car quite possibly coming from Sicily Motorsport and um Triple R Carlo Racing the complicated name from this year. Um they will be getting rid of the Mercedes A class, finally.
1: Is it any coincidence that team harder get rid of the VWs at the same time?
0: Oh no, no one would want those barges. <laughs> Literally they're trying to <laughs> give one of those away, mate.
1: Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, there's no um, suggestion from uh, Sicily, MacTools, whoever it is, um, to what they're going to be racing next year. Um, I wonder if it will be a new Mercedes, or I wonder if we're going to get a brand new car altogether.
0: It would be... Personally, I think they wouldn't have made such an announcement if it was going to be a follow-on from the A-Series. Um, I think it's going to be a completely new car to the team. Um and in what form that takes, I really don't know. They haven't like let any any inkling as to what they might be doing.
1: No, well it came to a shot that the Misladin was going. I mean, we assumed it would have gone before this season, but then the Morgan's still be able to get ridiculous results in it. Yeah. Um I i just don't know where they're gonna go. I know it's Sicily obviously have a, a hand in a lot of motoring pies. But you look at what car could you bring in I mean, I suppose you look at Hyundai this year, we'll get to them in a moment, that they've bought in a brand new car and hit the ground running. Infiniti yeah. have bought a brand new car and hit the ground running. Perhaps it's not as difficult to bring in a new car as perhaps it used to be. Um, and with perhaps an eye on the changing regulations coming in, oh, who knows, Toyota Corolla?
0: Well, I I was just going to suggest that. I wonder whether they'll follow in the footsteps of Tom and look to bring in a Corolla and possibly work in... in um, work with them, just like um, BTC did with Halfords in the FK8.
1: Well, of course, uh, Morgan and Inga have both raced the old Avensis so there is a, a tie there, yeah. um, technically. But that is pure speculation. We've got no. They'll probably turn up with a Honda Civic. That seems to be the way. Or,
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or
1: yeah. Keep an eye out on that.
0: Or maybe they'll take over from uh, Trade Price Cars and take over their Aldis that they're now getting rid of. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but on the subject of them, uh, Trade Price Cars this week have announced that they will be uh, teaming up basically with Accelerate Motorsport um, and they will be bringing two more brand new Hyundais to the grid. Now, obviously, we've seen how well they that team has done this season in bringing those brand new cars in with two drivers that have never driven them before and two drivers who are fairly inexperienced i think it's fair to say in developing a car and they've hit the ground running and they've been consistently inside the points and they've got so close to having their first win yeah
1: absolutely the thing about accelerate at the moment is that they are Almost becoming like a new team hard, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they, they've got fingers in a lot of these series. Obviously, they've got cars running in the uh, mini-challenges as well.
0: And Ginettas. Is... Um,
1: yeah. From what we understand, no drivers are confirmed for next year as of yet. Nope. So, we might see four brand-new drivers. I personally don't think we will. I think we'll see Proctor and Bobby back. I'm not sure on Smiley and um, Bornell, but we'll have to see on that on that one. Um. Obviously, it's great news that we've got a new expanding team and will get another, you know, driving school, if you like, on the grid. If you were to ask me to be my pessimistic self, as I always am, there is a slight bad point to this.
0: Is it the same manufacturer?
1: Yeah. We're now going to have a situation where we're going to have four Hyundai's on the grid and we're going to get rid of Audi, which is a real powerhouse of motorsport.
0: Or, are Sicily looking at bringing in a brand new Audi?
1: Quite Possibly. I mean, on, on the whole, it's a great thing. You know, Accelerate are becoming a real force we reckoned with and obviously they're bringing in new cars and they can bring on new drives, and that's great. It's just a shame that we're going to have to lose... To bring in two more of the same car, we're going to have to lose a manufacturer from the, you know, hmm. from the grid completely.
0: Yeah, it'll but, be it'll be interesting to see how they use both of those teams um, because we're we're under the understanding that they have to they would have to run as two separate teams obviously still running the same car that's all all good and they should can share data and be able to develop quicker but it'll be interesting to see whether they run one as a main team like Team Hard do at the moment with Goff and whichever Team Hard driver comes along this weekend um, and then they have the, the second part of the team as more of a development squad um, and whether they'll bring through the younger drivers that they've got in the Ginettas in the minis whether they'll give them, drivers, those opportunities in the BTCC to be able to push on to the next level. Because I think what we've seen in the last couple of seasons is there, there haven't been that many drivers that have been able to make the step up from the, those lower series and actually hit the ground running.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah. I, I I suppose that is, on looking on the positive side of it, that could happen. Oh, yeah.
1: There are more positive negatives. I'm just saying that, you know... I'm always a bit... I remember when we got a couple of seasons ago, it was BMW, Honda, I they were the only two cars that seemed to be on the grid. And yep. I just want to avoid getting into that situation again where we have too many of one car on the grid. I, I,
0: I think we will move more away from that as we go into the hybrid era, and, and more cars will want to be in the series to promote that that hybrid like, um, unique selling point almost. And I think that'll that'll give them a good exposure.
1: Or it, when you'll start running corollas.
0: <laughs> we we must remember that the engine and hybrid setup will be supplied by toker. Not not necessarily by the manufacturers that come in.
1: Agreed. But I mean there is one Hyundai, sorry, there is one uh, hybrid car at the moment and it has to be a corolla. Yes, so. yes it
0: does. Yes.
1: Anyway, the other piece of news on this week.
0: Yes. Um, so, with the news that trade price cars were moving away from AMD um, and they, that that MB Motorsport sort of like umbrella, uh, they they didn't want to miss out on the action, and they had an announcement of their own. Um, and we thought, oh, what's this going to be? Is it going to be a new car for next season? Is it going to be some more sponsors? Uh, no, they they they've just confirmed that Jake Hill will be their driver for next season. Um, which makes him only the second driver to be confirmed for next season, obviously behind Kamish, who had a a two-year deal at the start of this season. Um, But he is the first driver of this year to be confirmed.
1: Yeah, no great surprise. I mean, Jake Hill's done fantastically in that car this year. The only mystery is how he's not managed to take a win when you (laughs) look at his qualifying record and his podium record. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about this isn't about what, was said in the um, announcement as to what wasn't said in the announcement i.e. Sam Osborne Yeah. Um, it would make sense if you're going to keep both of your drivers that you would announce both at the same time in my opinion so I do wonder if this is the end of Osborne already at MB um, I'm not sure but I just think if you're going to make an announcement of your driver line-up next year there's a logic if you've already decided on both to announce both at the same time Particularly because Hill is the bigger announcement, so you'd you'd announce Osborne first and then announce Hill afterwards, really, because Hill Hill is the big deal. Um,
0: Unless they have got a big announcement to follow it up with.
1: Yeah, quite possibly, but I think that I think that means for me that Osborne might not be there next year.
0: Yeah, I oh, yeah, I think I would have to agree with you on that. Um, I don't think he has impressed the team as much as he should have done, um, and his driving. Has been underwhelming at points, shall we say?
1: I'd agree. Um, shall we move on to what we can actually expect from the weekend itself?
0: Yes, yes. Let's get into the the proper meat and the meat and veg of the podcast. Um, we have a interesting weather report, shall we say, for the weekend coming up, don't we?
1: Yeah. So the forecast, as it stands, on the Friday evening at sixteen fifty, um, the it stands to be a wet weekend um so yes. we're looking at i <laughs> know we're looking at rain most of uh, saturday yep uh with heavy wet spells on sunday so saturday should be easier in a sense because it's supposed to rain pretty much all day yeah uh so there could be wet setups and and the like sunday could be harder because there is a good chance of rain for all three races. So obviously we've got a race at ten o'clock where the current forecast says eighty-seven percent chance of rain. We have a race at twelve thirty where we've got an eighty-nine percent chance of rain, moving to eighty-three at one, and then course past three we've got a seventy-four percent chance of rain, moving to sixty-three percent chance of rain at four. So we might have changing conditions.
0: Mm. And what sort what sort of temperatures are we looking at? Is it possible that the the track is going to dry out if if it stops raining throughout the
1: race? No, uh, so <laughs> to put it bluntly, Saturday you're going to have a high of 13, and that's going to be during the qualifying session. It's going to be the warmest of the day during the qualifying session, at 13 degrees. And on Sunday, uh, you're not getting above 11 degrees for any of the races. So even if the if it dries, and actually you're not you're not getting above 11 degrees all day. Yeah. Uh, so even if it does dry, the chances of um, track drying in that time, that the next shower comes in, is what I'd say.
0: Excellent, we uh, we love a weekend where there are possibly changing conditions and on such a short track I think it could make all the difference So as we get into the most pivotal round of the year for the British Touring Cars uh, we have a possibility of 5 drivers that can win the title mathematically this is um, You believe there is only 2 realistically ...that can win it in Turkington and Sutton. Uh, I personally think there is four at a push. Um, And it is a big push. However, the changing conditions this weekend... ...could make all the difference. Um, And I think it's going to make a hell of a difference... ...being on the short circuit. Yeah, I I, I agree that conditions make a difference. I think the only problem is that
1: out of the four drivers... Three are very good in the wet, and one isn't. So even if you say you rule Colin out because it's because it's wet, which I would be minded to perhaps do so, is Ingram going to be able to outscore Sutton? Who's a master of the wet and got to win the soup in the bloody soup room here last year in the wet? I mean, <sighs> on the that, long, that's,
0: that's, on the like, long that's circuit laundry, in the wet, yeah. may I just add? Sorry. On the long on the long circuit in the wet. Yeah, but I'm just
1: yeah, I'm just thinking. You know. I know Cambridge is great in the wet. We saw that last year. We know England was great in the wet. We saw that snatched a couple of years
0: ago. But are they going to swing the balance enough away from Ash Sutton, who is also very good in the wet? I, as we've said before in the sort of like little champ, championship roundup podcast we did, if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. Um, Sutton is his own worst enemy this weekend, and he yeah. he is basically the only one that could take it away from himself. If he doesn't get a good qualifying, if he gets caught up in incident on such a, a small, tight, narrow track like Brands Indy, then he could put himself out of contention by the by the final
1: race. But on the flip side of that, all he need to do in race one and two is stick to Colin, and finish only one place behind him, and he'll keep the balance enough that he can then go into race three and put nothing, you know, leave nothing, on the table. And absolutely, go for it. Yeah, he's it's got.
0: It's going to be a very tactical position. weekend.
1: You know, Ingram, Camish and Butcher have got to push from get the word go. And if it's wet, they're more susceptible to ruining their race and their chances. That, that's, I think, the problem is that Sutton has the luxury of, as long as he's there or thereabouts with Colin and doesn't let the gap get bigger than 20 points, which is unlikely, mm. he can still go into the final race and still beat Colin comfortably. Yeah. Whereas mm. Camish, Ingram and Butcher are going to have to the wins in both those races and hope that Kavish and sorry, I hope that Sutton
0: and Turf can pretty much finish outside of the top ten. Which I don't see happening. Not both. Wow, <laughs> it's gonna be such an entertaining weekend and I really can't wait for it. Um I think the, the the first few first lap first few laps of each race is gonna be pivotal. Um especially yeah. seeing at how how well they can launch off the line, obviously Brands is fairly special in the fact that it is a almost a cambered start line. So if we've got enough water on track and we've got puddles and rivers running, running across the track, your grid position is going to make a whole lot of difference. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, going down into Paddock Hill, first corner, who knows what could happen going into there, whether you find a big puddle at the bottom. If you're three wide going down into there and then up into Druids, then you could be squeezed out just like we saw Sutton get squeezed at Snetterton.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And obviously, you know, the gloves are off. This is, you know, the last hurrah for a lot of drivers this week, you know, for the year. So, they've all got nothing to lose, so to speak. So, yeah, it's... <sighs> I just don't... Going back to the original point of the fact that they're being five or believe four, I just don't think there's enough to swing. I just don't... I can't see how it swings enough for Kamish or Ingram.
0: Yeah. It it's that that first race of the weekend is ultimately critical for Kamish and Ingram. Yes. Um if those two finish one two, then we really have to have a close look at where Turkington and Sutton are, whether they're trading places at the bottom end of the top ten. Because if that gap gets yep. closed up then they're going to have to really think about what they're doing in race two if Kamish and Ingram are up there at the top end, because I think if those two are up there at the top end, I think they'll work together until the final race.
1: I am going to go against that slightly and say I think it's done by the end of race two. I think race three becomes a redundant race. Okay. Um, if it's like it's supposed to be, weather-wise, I'm going up my boulder here, I'm all but writing off Colin Turlington. We saw last year firsthand how much that struggled in changing conditions. Even when they changed the tyres, they couldn't get it working. I know that he had contact with Neal last year and that did affect him, but I mean, Colin was nowhere in the first two races, and it was only when it became dry in race three that he suffered that he had half a chance. And if it was going to be wet all weekend, I don't think that car copes well enough.
0: Do you think that um, Rory Butcher, who effectively is mathematically still in the title fight, will uh, throw his weight around again, uh, just like we saw at Snetterton, and put himself in the mix with these title challengers and have a big impact on, on the title? No. No?
1: In a word. I explain why. I think that he'll know deep down he can't win it. I think he'll also know and be acutely aware that he may have cost Ingram's chances of winning it as well. Mm. The problem is that he got a uh, reprimand afterwards um, about penalty points. So I think he might just keep his nose clean this weekend and just accept that he's not going to win the title and just not mess it up for anybody else. I, I, I personally think that.
0: Yeah. So he is he's sixty three points behind Turkington with a possibility of sixty seven. Um, it would take all matter of miracles for him to, uh, to clinch it. And see what it
1: would take. It would take um, four positive coronavirus tests for the drivers in front of him. Yeah. And probably press the fields, he's the only person competing. I, he's not going to... That gap is too big. I'm sorry, it's just too big. So I once is mathematically in it, I think he knows deep down he's not in it. And I yep. think, therefore, he will probably keep his nose clean. Being also aware that he cost Ingram a pose your place at Seton and effectively in my view cost any chance Ingram had of the title
0: yeah yeah um, how how do you think the teammates of the drivers up at the top are going to uh, have an effect this weekend so obviously we've got Oliphant backing up Turkington we've got Moffat possibly backing up Sutton in changeable conditions and of course Matt Neal always known for that driver to be up there and holding the field up when Kamish needs to get away
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it, you'd say that if you could pick anybody to be your teammate, it'd be Matt Neal. Yes. This weekend, 100%. Um, That said, Oliphant did pretty well here last year until he got caught up in an accident um, down Paddock Hill Bend in race two, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, It might be race one, actually, I can't remember. So I think that, you know, Oliphant isn't a bad teammate to have, but realistically, how much muscle is he going to throw around? I've spoken all year about how I think he's possibly a little bit easy to pass. Um. And then you move to Moffat, which in wet conditions I think he would be more competitive. Yeah. Um. But again, it, it all depends for him where he qualifies because if he qualifies where he has them for most of the season, he's not been much used to Ash. Um, so actually, in a strange paradox, oliphants probably the best because he's more likely to get a good position compared when near the Moffat bin. But if Neil gets half a chance to have a say, he will.
0: Yes. Do you, Do you think we'll see any really like dirty tactics? Knowing at how how short the lap is. Will we see drivers like Moffat or Matt Neal, if they had a really bad qualifying, actually hold up like under blue flags?
1: Um, well, I think we'll probably see Chris Smiley do it because obviously he is Colin's unofficial teammate going into this weekend. So we'll probably see, (laughs) um, him probably park the car across the start finish line, have a a roadblock, just something else coming through just to, you know, uh, deal with them. Um, I, I don't think so to answer your question, no, I think that's probably too dirty. I think there's a difference between getting involved in a racing incident like Matt Neal did last year to actually being deliberately slow on the blues. Yeah. Um so I, I think they're all too professional for that. But I think that if there is a if you've got to get past one of the teammates and you're a championship contender and you've got to get past Matt Neal or Oliver or Otford, I think they'll certainly make it difficult for you.
0: They're gonna take it to the limit, aren't they?
1: Uh, and Smiley, but matter probably, as I say, I, I'm still very angry about his antics. assessment, as I have to say,
0: yeah. Just, just going back to that, it was blatantly obvious, wasn't it? Uh,
1: that, that incident is being dealt with this weekend, um, apparently. Mm, yeah. So the the official line afterwards is that they're going to be looking at the incident between uh, Sutton and Smiley this weekend. So.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether anything comes out of that. Whether there's a a grid penalty or just some points on a license or a reprimand from it.
1: I doubt it'd be anything because all you've all you got to do is just smile and say you've not got a problem. Yeah. You know, how can you prove otherwise? You know. But right. I certainly wasn't impressed, and I won't be happy seeing that again. And that's because I want to bring up the general
0: point as well. I I hope we don't see anybody get waved through this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be competitive, doesn't it? You need to be able to fight your way and, and almost prove yourself to be where you need to be in the championship whether yeah. that's if you're you're going for third or second or whether you're going for the title you need to push to the absolute maximum and take the risks where you need to take the risks and, and hold back in other places, something that Colin has done very well which is why he's probably leading the championship
1: Yeah so I just, I just hope that he's won on the track by fair racing rather than you know, indicators let people through, kind of
0: thing. Do you think this weekend we will see any uh, major incidents being going into the last weekend of the season? Obviously, the gloves are off for quite a few people, and the conditions are going to play play an impact or have an impact in that. Um, do you think we're going to see any large incidents?
1: It's wet. Yes.
0: Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I think there could be a yeah. safety car in each race.
1: Yes, and I think there'll be an accident under blue flag as well. I think there'll be a problem trying to pass somebody that's going to get. You're going to be lapping cars very, very quickly, um, and when it's wet, you don't want to go offline to overtake these cars. I think that can cause problems as well.
0: Oh, Tim Harvey and David Addison are going to love their battle pack quote this weekend, aren't they?
1: Oh, they sure are. And if the field spreads quickly, which it tends to do in wet conditions, that could be a problem as well.
0: Yes, it certainly could. Uh, so then. Shall we get on to some predictions for the weekend? um, Yeah. And how we think things are going to pan out. Uh, So, shall we start with qualifying? Who, for you, is going to qualify and poll?
1: I need to get some points back. um, Because before we do the predictions, perhaps I should update to where we are. Yeah. uh, Ahead of this weekend. So, currently you have got uh, five correct driver scores. Yes. um, And I've got three. Mm. Uh, and in the bingo, it's 4 all, So, Ooh. I need to get some points this weekend. So, I'm going to be outlandish. I'm going to be outlandish. Um, qualifying. It's going to be wet. I'm going Moffat.
0: Wow. That, that's a big call.
1: I'm going for a car. I have no way. that has gone well in the wet. It went well in the and, um, and Moffat, I think, probably needs to prove to himself as much as anything else. That he is, you know, where he needs to be in the, you know he's got the right equipment underneath him and also he'll know if he, if he can get to the front or you know there or
0: thereabouts he can have a massive say in this so yeah I'm going Moffat so you, you've gone from Moffitt not being able to qualify particularly well all season he may struggle to help Sutton on this final weekend to going boom he's going to have pole
1: I think that yeah I think <laughs> yeah. that he'll know the implications I think he knows that he probably needs to be at the front of the grid to, if Sutton's going to win or, or at least to be able to help Um and why not? He did very well at Knock Hill. He's improving in that car all the time. Um, and he was at the front of Snetterton, don't forget. He was a, a surprise into the top ten mm-hmm. qualifying in the Snetterton shootout. Yeah, he was. He's got the uh, car you know, hooked up slightly better now. So, yeah, why not? Let's go
0: it. And, of course, he had that second place in the wet at uh, Silverstone, didn't he, last year?
1: Which he should have won.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. So,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm going Moffett.
0: Uh I'm I'm going slightly more... um not sort of like... Well, slightly less controversial actually. Uh closer to the top of the championship, I'm going for Ingram. He's got nothing yep. to lose this weekend. Um he is the outside shot for me for the championship, and he has got to push for absolutely everything. So I'm gonna go for him for pole.
1: Question on that though.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Is he gonna knock his ride off it off again?
0: <laughs> oh dear. I'm really looking forward to the qualifying session tomorrow, where I have to go. Uh, this driver has had lap time removed, lap time re- removed, lap time removed, and these drivers have been excluded because it's been raining. Do
1: you think we'll get any track leaders tomorrow? Because I'm not sure if we will.
0: Uh, we might at Paddock Hill or Graham Hill.
1: If it's wet, I think they'll stay away from Paddock Hill because it's like it's painted marble when yeah. it's wet. So I, I think we might not get too many tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Could be okay, an enter- race, um,
0: entertaining session, hopefully.
1: Yes. Race one, can you
0: include your money on? Uh, race one, I'm going to go for Ingram from the front. He really seems to, one, hook it up off the line uh, yep. this year. And once he's sort of like away in damp conditions, he will go and he'll go and hide. Okay.
1: Um,
0: so I'm going to go for Ingram for race one. I'm going to suck. Okay.
1: Straight off the bat. I mean it's probably gonna be the wettest race, I think. Therefore I'm going Sutton. Where
0: where do you think he's gonna qualify on the grid then?
1: Uh six
0: or seven. Ooh. Nice bit of overtaking.
1: It's Ash certain in the wet. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, knowing Ash Sutton he will have him all by he'll be in second by the end of Paddock Hill so Or the gravel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one or the other. It's Sutton's <laughs> weekend is either going to be qualify, pole, then take all three race wins and dominate way to the
0: title, or it's going to be you know, gravel, gravel, engine failure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well he is my pick for race two. I think Sutton will do his traditional thing of gradually push through the field, drop some weight for race two, and then come through and win race two. Um and I think he probably needs at least one win this weekend to to make it comfortable.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, though I've gone for Ingram in race two. I think he'll get certain off the line, having been uh, certain one race one. And I think with less, I think that that's when Ingram will probably take the win um, in perhaps more changing conditions.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, And then on to the last race of the day. And I cannot remember the last time we had a race so early on a Sunday to be the final race of the day. But obviously with the the dwindling light and the dusk conditions that we're going to have. And if it's going to be overcast, the darkness is going to make even more of an effect. Uh, The 3.15 race start time for race 3. The final reverse grid of the season. Um, I'm going, seen as I randomly predict this most weekends. Uh, let's go for number nine will be picked out. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm going for a race three winner of Dan Camish and it it's almost like in tribute to what he could have done last season. <laughs> um, and he'll feel that if even if he doesn't win the title I think he will feel that is just reward for what happened last season.
1: Okay. I think that. The race, the championship will be done by the time we get to race number three. and uh, Therefore, I'm going for a wild card winner of uh, Santa Proctor. Oh, I really? think he's been the most consistent in the high-end dive, the most improved driver in that car compared to Smiley. They get a good reverse grid, put him on the front four places. I think he can quite easily go and win.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um... One last championship that we didn't take a look at in our sort of like championship running podcast was the Goodyear Wingfoot Award, which is of course for the qualifying results throughout the season, and obviously points get given for in uh, like a championship order from 20 down to one. Uh, currently, there are four drivers going into the final qualifying session of the year that can still win it. Uh, T- Turkington leads this one as well by 117 points uh, from Dan Camish on 111 Rory Butcher on 104 and Jake Hill impressively on 100 considering the points he's amassed in the actual championship his qualifying this season has been really good um, so four drivers going into it out of those who do you think will come out on top?
1: Before I answer that I'll answer it to begin with who cares? This is perhaps the most... <laughs> Pointless championship I've seen introduced for us because what does it prove? It proves who has the fastest car, which we already know. So out of those top, out of the top three, there is no surprise whatsoever. Here is a slight surprise, I grant you, um, and it's a case of what could his season have been if his engine had blown up on him so often? Yeah. Um, but to give you an actual answer, Camish, um, why not? I, I think he was wet. He'll qualify better than Collins, so that'll be that. But I mean. It's a quite an underwhelming
0: championship, isn't it? I it'll be interesting to see what the um trophy is for it at the end of the end of season awards and whether it's sort of like a little tire with wings on it. Like, here you go, you've won the qualifying award. You may not have won the championship if it doesn't go to Turkington or Kamish. But but here's a little award for you. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think Kamish will probably win this um and just have enough to um, to get past Turkington as it will be wet conditions. And I think, yeah, as you said, he deals better with it. And, can, and Colin will have a full uh, car with full weight on board.
1: Yeah. And just an aside to that, can we please bring back an overtaking challenge for next year? Because this is, yeah, it's hard to get excited over a qualifying challenge, isn't it? Because yeah. quali- unless you make qualifying with the top 10 shootout every weekend, qualifying is... Quite dull as a concept. You know, it, yeah. it, it's, a, it's an admin task that needs carrying out each weekend, I accept that. But it is quite dull. It is quite boring. It's difficult to get excited about qualifying unless it's got an interesting format. So, I mean, could we go back to Overtaking, please? That was fun. I, and I, it gave everyone a
0: chance. I think the format from Snetterton may be seriously looked at being taken forward um, because I think that brought quite a lot of an excitement into that Saturday where we normally only have a couple of free practice sessions and qualifying, um, which is much of a muchness of so the cars just trundling around on track and obviously when they get to qualifying, just trying to trundle around on track as quick as possible. Um, but actually having that almost shootout style like we have in F1, I think will uh, will gather more fans in and gain more anticipation for it.
1: I agree, but I also think for myself, you know, that is quite a discriminative competition in the fact that it's going to favour the fastest cars. What was great about the front uh, Forward Award was it was for anyone who made an overtake got a point, effectively. Yeah, yeah. So, I think Adam Morgan was winning that at some point last year. Yeah. You know, a, a guy that doesn't qualify quite well, yeah.
0: he's
1: not taking polls or anything like that, but, you know, a, a, a competition like that allows cars like the hard VW and stuff like that to actually have a decent shot of winning it. And I, yeah. I just think this is, you know, you could have said at the start of the season who's going to win a qualifying award and was going to be Camish or was going to be Turkington And that's exactly how it's played out.
0: <laughs> yes, unfortunately it has. Um, well, our final predictions of the year for commentary bingo. Let's have a little bit of fun with this now. Um, yep. Go on then, give us your first one.
1: Turkington knows how to win a championship. I mean, yes. we get that every round at least twice. So if that's the of this weekend, I'll be damned. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, my first one is the drivers looking for the wet racing lines. Um, Being a weekend that looks like it's going to be fairly washed out, um, I think drivers will be looking for alternative lines, shall we say. And um, Tim Harvey or David Addison will definitely pick up on that. Um, My second one is going to be something along the lines of either Ingram or Butcher. They've got nothing to lose this weekend. They're, they're well back in the championship fight, and they, they've they got to go all out for the wins. Otherwise, they're not going to be in it for race two or race three.
1: Yep, I can see that. Um, I'm going to go for Matt Neal, making a fairly underwhelming pass to Clearways, but Tim then banging on about how much Matt Neal loves Clearways and how to pass there, and it's his favourite corner, and... It's just
0: what he does. <laughs> oh dear. And my final one will be a, a reference back to what happened last year with all the drama in that final race of Kamish obviously having that brake failure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether we see any brakes uh, lighting up in the final race. Um, I doubt it as much this year. One, because it's the different circuit layout and because of the cooler conditions.
1: Yeah, My last one will be, and I think you'll probably say it's been the first five minutes, um, but uh, he'll refer to Sutton's error Eric Croft because mm. that could be the reason he doesn't win the championship, let's be honest. So
0: You haven't gone for back. he's just the passenger. This is the first time all year that you haven't gone for it.
1: He said that in back-to-back races, I don't see it happening this week. Like, it's going to be wet, so maybe that was the safest option, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, should have been. Um, he
1: hits the wet. Way- wet marble and he's
0: just a passenger yeah, yeah, yeah oh, damn, 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 damn. oh dear, well the, the weekend ahead is going to be extremely interesting um, and we will keep you up to date with everything that goes on, uh, we are watching um, a part this weekend, which will be the first time all year, won't it which will be a shame uh, but we'll keep you up to date with qualifying reports and race reports as soon as we can get them up and we'll uh, keep an eye on our socials and uh, we hope you enjoy the weekend watching from your armchairs and uh, we want to see you cheering on your favourite drivers as well maybe send us some pictures on Instagram
1: yeah we are for the last time in the BTC Farmy Army watching from home so yeah get involved let us know your you're rooting for and send us your pics of where you're watching from and how you're doing it one last time we go racing Uh,
0: we'll be back on Monday with a full review and then a full season review to follow that yeah we hope you enjoy the weekend and uh, stay safe and uh, enjoy the racing remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcasts for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com.